Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Stable Mail. Kerry Parker, what a superstar trainer he is. He's got a couple of stable stars, including Hope in Your Heart, who is the favourite now for the Epsom, which is the Group 1 handicap over the 1,600 metres on Saturday. And Kerry joins us now. Good morning, Kerry. Thanks for your time. No, no worries at all, Gareth. Good uh, job. How is Hope in Your Heart? Geez, you must have been over the moon with her first up effort. Oh, yeah, absolutely terrific. Um, you know, race sort of, race tempo went against her, which is always a concern with those back markers, you know, um, uh, but no, ran out of her skin, you know, just, just kept finding the line. You see when she got a little bit of daylight, um, you know, she sort of went from seventh to third and two strides, you know, like she's, uh, she's a determined little bugger. So she's second up to the mile. Do you think the mile, what's her best trip in your eyes? Uh, I think she'll run further than a mile, yep. um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, a mile's perfect for her, especially at Randwick on a big track, you know. Yeah, and happy happy with the yeah. gate there with her, with Craig Williams aboard? Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Um, you know, you sort of didn't want to draw in too close with her. Um, uh, yeah, you can sort of get bottled up in there with her not having a lot of uh, early tempo and um, uh, also, you know, in the Doncaster, we drew the outside, so... Uh, it's, it's either either, I suppose, but landing in the middle is perfect. And she looks like she's come back a better mare as well. Yeah, I think so. She's uh, now looks like a mare where before she was probably still, you know, on the light side and looked more like a filly. Um, but she's strengthened up really well with the spell and everything. And uh, she's come back terrific. She's in good order and uh, look, looks great. So looking forward to the challenge on Saturday. All right, mate. You've got a couple of chances in the first race as well. You've got just Sandy down the bottom, who I thought was okay the other day, and also Single Crown, who is a consistent galloper. But this is tougher, of course. Your thoughts about their chances? Yeah, I think they're both sort of blowout horses. You know, they're, they're, they're both very genuine. Uh, they're very genuine. They get in with good barriers, good jocks, lightweights. Uh, both of them get in sort of under your 54 mark, you know, so... Uh, and like I say, they're both very genuine. You'd be boxing them up in the first four, and uh, you know, let's let's hope there's a bit of value there in them. But uh, they're, they're the blowout horses in the race. And how's your superstar mate back at home? Is he getting ready for a King Charles? Yeah, really happy with him. He's uh, he's ticking over really nice. He's actually enjoyed the the back off week. Um, he's he's nice and well at the moment. Uh, but he'll have a uh, a trial at Rose Hill next Tuesday just to tick him over and. Um, uh, head towards that King Charles. Yeah, and you must have been over the moon really after what he did there at his previous start to win that to win that big race and to get over Saki um, to to get thinking over back to his to his, to like to his best and winning form must have been extra satisfying. Oh, very much so. That was that, that was the thrill of it. You know, like to um to yeah, his his first couple of runs, you, you knew he was back and he was on target. He was racing really well. Uh, and, I, and I was just thinking, I just really need to win one along the way here to um, make all this worthwhile. You know, like uh, you can get them back and they can be racing well and, and be finishing in the prize money and doing a, a great job. But, you know, to win one was, uh, yeah, just a feather in the cap. That was just super, you know, uh, great result with him. I can sort of sit back and just enjoy the rest of the carnival with him now. And hopefully there's more to come. Yeah, that was the seven stakes. Hopefully you can win a group one with uh, hope in your heart tomorrow for the carnival and the Epsom. Thanks for your time, Kerry. No worries at all, mate. Good luck and good punning. Yeah, there's, there's Kerry Parker. What a star he is. Talking about superstars. Queensland's best trainer, Tony Golan, joins us here on Giddy Up. Tony, good morning. Hey, Gareth. How are you, mate? I am well, mate. Sue Style in the Moyer. Smallish field. Um, gets a nice gate. Oliver rides. Are you happy with him? 
Yeah, I'm really happy with him. He's improved um, nicely three weeks into, into the run. We're not we're realistic. We know that he has to. There's it's obviously a small but quality field as always these races. But the wedge of hope of the top four finish if he can race like that, we'll be pleased and we can find some easier assignments after this. Imperatrice here is the one to beat, but putting your Queensland hand um, hat on outside of Imperatrice is rough fire or uncommon James a bigger danger to you? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. He's got good form, you know, rough fire, but you know, whether whether that's where he's at now, whether that's at a thousand or he wants that little bit further, I'm not sure. I just thought, you know, second up in this race last year, he probably wasn't as sharp as he was first up. So maybe uncommon James fresh, but look it's just a, it's a hell of a good race, there's many chances. How's Skirt the Law, mate? She goes around in uh, the Phillies race and um, she heads to the valley. Your thoughts about her chances? Yeah, she's really good. I thought she was a touch plane up the straight, got herself a little bit lost there. She got worked up going down to the barriers as well, which is really unlike her. She appeared to have trained on really well since and her recovery, everything from her work to, they indicate she's right up to the mark now. So I'm pretty happy with her. I think Mooney Valley will suit her better. Track that's always got that little bit of cut in it. And I expect her, you'll see her bounce back to her best, which will be something similar or better than what she was at, at Caulfield first up. Can you put a, can you put, can you put it down to anything? Why she was a bit like she was there at Flemington the other day? She was the four weeks between runs, which we've done previously back here with her, although in a slightly different sort of system. So, look, maybe it's just the first time away. Obviously, the straight. I mean, that's a big unknown. Whenever you send a horse up the straight for the first time, you never know how they're going to react, you know, cantering down to the gates and even, even when the race is on. For me, she just looked quite lost. So, yeah. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a couple of different factors there. Her recovery is a smidgen higher on the Tuesday going into it. Who knows? But I'm really pleased with her now. She seems up to the mark. And I think the 13-day turnaround into this, and particularly that surface at Mooney Valley, it was a good three at Flemington that day. I'm not so sure she's as good on the really firm track as what she is when she gets her toe into the ground of touch. All right, then. So it's exciting to see what she can do at the Valley there on Friday night. What about Antino? How he's, how, how's he ticking over there um, at Flemington? Yeah, he's terrific. He, um, he did some work there Saturday morning. We're very pleased with him. He, he's worked around the grass there again this morning. So he's, he's rounded his, his week out well. He's, he's improved nicely. He's a bit like the Phillies, his first time away and out of his own, you know, normal routine, what he has back here in Brisbane. So he's a touch out of his comfort zone. But he's coming on all the time. His coat's improved. His muscle tone's improved. And he's found, you know, he really has found the right sort of race to be very hard to beat on Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do there on Sunday. And then, obviously, is he is he still heading towards a Turak if he performs well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't. I don't think he lost too many admirers. No. You know, fresh up at Flemington, uh, he was he was as good as anything really on the day without winning. So if he can, you know, get the right sort of run on on Sunday in that small field from where he's drawn, and he can make a bit of a statement. I think second up to fifteen hundred's ideal, and then third up to the mile is. Is exactly how I wanted the preparation. Yeah, looking forward to that clash with Amelia's jewel, I think, in the Turak. So um, hopefully, like, if if Amelia's jewel's been going as hard as Simon Miller, then she'll be tired by the time the Turak arrives. But I think, she, <laughs> I, I think she's getting better looked after at Flemington. She's been a bit more disciplined. <laughs> I'd probably go along with that, yeah. with that sentiment. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say she'd be a fair bit fresher yeah. than I'd imagine going into that, into that race. But, no, nah, look, it's going to be an exciting clash. But, look, for us, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. No. We've, got Sunday to, we've got Sunday to worry about first. And I just hope that we can see that improvement that, that we're seeing back at the stables. If we can see that on Sunday... At Sandown, then it's certainly going to be an exciting race a couple of weeks later. Insta good looks tough to beat in that third race there at Eagle Farm Saturday. 
and you keep getting a nice price about her. She arguably should nearly be unbeaten at the 1,200 suits her. And, yeah, I think she's going terrific. So she's a filly we sort of earmarked for our summer carnival up here. This will be a last run before a short little break. But she's um, she's going really well. Coco, not so intensing. Both excellent chances according to the market in that um, Class 3. Yeah, Kokonotsu has really developed himself into a bit of a winner. I think he's really becoming the full package now. I'm very happy with him. The other horse has just got to get a few things to go his way. He's been very luckless since I've had him. He can race well, but I think Kokonotsu is the one they've all got to beat there. Geez, Amara didn't have much luck the other day. It's in great winning form. Can he continue on his merry way, this son of deep field? Yeah, absolutely. He's a real lovely, mature horse now. He looks beautiful and... The race sets up well for him. There's good speed. He'll just sit off that speed and be strong late, which Eagle Farm does tend to play to. So no no excuse with the moral. He's in good order. And Sarastro goes around in the final event. Another one of your horses in dominant form at the moment. Yeah, look, he's, he's a bit like Antino. I think he saved the, the best for last in Sarastro. He's got good form. He beat all that pizzazz. He won the Wheatwood last week. And he loves Eagle Farm, loves 1,200. He's drawn low with our premier rider on. So... He looks to get a lovely run. He's, he's trained on beautifully. He's nice and fit, and he's in a good place. So whatever you know, whatever can beat him it will be the winner, I'm sure. He's a, he's a really nice horse going somewhere. It could be a weekend for the Queenslanders to remember. You could win the Group 1 more. You've got three strong chances there on a Friday night. Um, then the, the Brisbane Lions, the Mighty Lions, will be defeating Collingwood on a Saturday afternoon. The Broncos defeat Penrith. Um, and then, of course, Antino gets the job done on a Sunday tone. Are you a Broncos man? Mate, I am, mate. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Queensland man first and foremost. Yes. But, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to the Broncos. I'm, I went there last Saturday night straight after the former meetings and watched them um, absolutely dismantle the Warriors. So I think they're, they're a team in great form. They're obviously a really good bunch of young guys that, that get along so well and they're, they're playing accordingly. So it's a pretty exciting weekend for Brisbane to have two teams yeah. in both the AFL and the NRL grand finals. It's, it's really good for the state and great for the for the city of Brisbane. And I think the best part about those two football sides is that I know the, the, the Brisbane Broncos, a few of their players, Adam Reynolds and the like, they love their races. And the Brisbane Lions, um, I think in my time with the AFL clubs, I think they're definitely the most um, passionate racing football club. Like Darcy Gardner loves his racing. Zorko loves his racing. I mean, Kenneth's a, his old man trains horses in Ireland. So... Um, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they do. The boys they, love it. Yeah. yeah, they love their racing. Some of the lines, boy, Darcy Gardner is a, he's a great guy. So, no, there's a bunch of fellas there. I know young Charlie Cameron as well. He, he likes to bet. So, yep. no, they're, 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 they're a good bunch of young blokes. And yeah, the Broncos boys, will they get out to, to Eagle Farm or Doom and whenever that, they're, whenever their sort of yeah. um, situation allows, depends when they play, etc. And they're always a big hit when they get to the races. So, no, both teams they're good. They're good racing teams, but it's just a great, great story to have them both in the finals and. I certainly wish them all the best of luck, as does all Queensland and all Brisbane, I'm sure. Yeah, go the go the Lions and the Broncos and, and go T Golan. We appreciate your time, mate, and good luck over the weekend in all aspects of sport. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers, yeah, mate. There's Tony oh. Golan there, 16 minutes past eight. Let's take a break. This is Giddy Up Stable Mail. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you on this Thursday morning. And what a weekend it is. We've got the AFL Grand Final Saturday, the NRL Grand Final on Sunday night. Group one day in Sydney, it's Epsom Day. And then, of course, we've got a terrific meeting at the Valley tomorrow night. And one of the superstars of the weekend 
will be the galloper that has just taken this sport by storm, especially over the last six to seven months. He won the Stradbroke in brilliant fashion. He's a five-year-old that's had the 10 starts for nine wins. He's got a slot in the Everest, and he'll be competing for the first time this preparation in the Premier Stakes, where he's been heavily supported in the markets, especially with Bet365. I speak about Think About It, and his superstar trainer, Joe Pride, joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Joe. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Um, he's only had the 10 starts and he's a five-year-old. How much improvement, dare I say, have you seen in him this preparation? Yeah, it's a hard thing to measure, isn't it? Um, trials are a good, normally a good indicator. I would have to say he's big tick there. And um, he just physically he's come on again. Uh, and you expect that. While he's five, he is obviously a very late mature. And, um, you know, these uh, horses don't. Well, you get your exceptions. You could two-year-olds, but most, most good horses, well, sorry, most horses that take a bit of time won't get to their physical peak until, you know, maybe six or seven. So um, if they're left alone and haven't done too much racing, you see them improve right through to that age. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting a, a, a better version of, of Think About It, which is, um, which is exciting. Yeah, and you've got Private Eye, and Private Eye is one of the most fascinating horses, and you've spoken about this throughout his career, that he can change his mindset from time to time, but you've been able to get him to a mile and then be really competitive over the, sh- over the shorter trips. This fellow being by, so you think, what do you think his best trip, if you, if you had the, the one race to, to prepare him for in a perfect world over, over a distance, what would that be? I, I just don't have enough information to answer yeah. that question. It's, it's one of those things. That we, we just haven't tried him out over further. And it's, it hasn't been from any reluctance or, or fear of him not getting any particular distance. It's been a programming issue where the Stradbroke was the, the race I identified for him that I wanted to aim him for because it was the richest race that I could sort of think of, if that sounds, <laughs> makes any sense. Um, and for that reason, he's never gone beyond 1,400 metres, but he was very strong at 14, uh, so you'd think he'd run a mile, no problems. Um, whether he's going to get beyond that, we'll probably, probably get the answer to that in the autumn, but we won't be getting it this spring. Yeah, and the Premier Stakes on Saturday, he's first up and he's been heavily supported. He gets a low gate. Um, what do you make of his chances against some of these horses that have had a run? Well, you know, I love sort of look at the market and the market tells us a lot. And I don't set markets. We're yeah. all, I'm a horse trainer. I prepare horses. But the market tells me that, you know, Hawaii 5 O's amongst the chances is a horse we gave a, a good whack of weight to in the Stradbroke and, and beat him quite easily. Um uh, Bella Nipatina, while she's been a very consistent mare, I think she's a mare who probably needs sting out to do her best. Got a little bit of rain overnight, but I don't think it'll be it'll be wet. And she's had 39 starts. Wouldn't think she's getting any better. I, th- I think I found the right race for him to resume him, um, and he's he's going to have to perform very well to then be considered an Everest hope. And I was having a good look at uh, I wish I wins form last night. And, you know, realistically. And punters have got a funny way of looking at things. Well, they haven't got a funny way of looking at things, but there's two ways of looking at things, isn't it? You can go for established form, which I wish Owen clearly has. He's performed at a level that, think about it, um, hopefully we'll get to, but he hasn't got to yet. Um, and you know, my horse's favourite, and I understand why. He's had, you know, won his last seven, but he needs to get to another level this preparation. There's no doubt about that. What he's done in the past, I don't think he'll win him in Everest. Um, but I've got good reason to think he's going to get be better this time around. How much, how much in your eyes that you see at home? I know he's got a ceiling that you can't really, you can't really tell how far he'll go. This horse, but private eye, like he was when you. I watched that replay again last night. I, I don't want to remind you, Joe, but he had that Everest all parcelled up. Yeah, yeah, no, he was uh, he was great. You know, he raced really well in the van. I think he 
as much as anything, he got ambushed on the day, and I don't think he saw that horse. I don't think he saw Giga Kick coming. He didn't have time to react no. to it. I'm not saying he should have beaten Giga Kick, but um, it was one of those ones where I think he set, and when you watch the race, I think he eyes off Nature Strip. And horses aren't, the horses know what they're doing. They're you know, the good ones. And he chased down Nature Strip. He had him in his sights and he chased him down. And he, I think once, he, once he'd done that, he idled down a little bit, which, which he can do. Um, and then, you know, ambushed late by a swooper. So um, he, he's, he's the one I've, I'm probably the most confident about because he's been there and done it. Um, but also very excited at the prospect of what think about it could do. And he could get to a, uh, an even greater height. So um, great position to be in. Don't, I don't take it lightly. A lot of pressure comes attached with it. And the team and I are working really hard and we just want to keep everything on track. But I'm very fortunate for a small stable uh, lot. Mine. I say it's a small stable. You know, we have between 50 and 60 horses in work to be in a position where we've got, you know, two, two Everest. Um, not just hopefuls, very good chances. Yeah, you've done a wonderful job and your strike rate speaks for itself. And the way that you're preparing a thoroughbred, you could probably prepare an athlete. And that, uh, that um, um, poses the question, Surely Russell Crowe's given you a call to sort out these rabbitos <laughs> with their chemistry and their character. Wow. If they could, if they could have the audacity. Like, and I think a few of the players might have a mindset a little bit like Private Eye that you have to work out from time to time to see what, what planet they're on. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a couple of chameleons within yeah. that team, isn't there? Which is what I've described Private Eye. <laughs> yes. so I think uh, I think though. Um, I think getting in the mind of a, uh, of a thoroughbred might be a little bit easier than getting in the mind of a rugby league player. I think they've got a few more distractions. Like I don't have to have a chat to Private Eye about uh, about his girlfriend or no. uh, or problems he's got with his mother-in-law. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think a few of the people there, the Rabbitohs, would wish they could gout a few of those players as well. But um, what what about um, what about um, who wins the Broncos or the Pen or the Panthers? We just had Tony Golan on, who's a big Broncos fan. Which way would you be leading? Was he confident? Yeah, he was pretty confident. I think the Broncos are confident that they can get the job done. Yeah. But I, I watched the Panthers last week, and I know the Storm have probably come towards the back end of their run again, but um, they're hard to beat those Panthers. Young young team with great belief, and I think it's right that stat I heard there during the week. The Panthers have. In their last 74 games, when they've led at halftime, they've won 73 of them. So it's pretty obvious what Brisbane have to do. They have to start on fire and just throw everything at that first 20 minutes, try and upset Penrith. But, you know, that's easier said than done. Um, oh, look, I, I haven't got a vested interest in it either way. Um, I actually grew up um, part of my life in Penrith, went to school there, but I'm not a not a mad Penrith fan. But I, I just want to see a good game of footy. It's the last one we get to see of the year. So yeah. <laughs> What about at Wong today? Do you have a winner for us? Um, got three runners, and uh, I think Laser Beam will improve. Wilma Wombat hasn't done much, um, as the name would suggest. Uh, and Ricky the Steamboat is actually not a bad little horse. He, yep. he, it's only his first start, but he'll, he'll get back and run home. Oh, that's... No, nothing too exciting. Nothing as exciting as what's going to happen on Saturday. All right, mate. You, yeah, you go and get them with Think About It. Can't wait to see you back at the races and at Premier Stakes. We appreciate your time, Joe. My pleasure. Thank you. Let's head to Sydney to catch up with Tassie trainer John Keyes because the inevitable is a big chance in the Epsom. His run the other day, first up in Sydney, was, I think, the run of the race. And you are getting a big prize for the little star. And he's some horse with some story to tell. And John Keyes joins us now. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, buddy. Um, how have you enjoyed the experience trading this little fellow ahead of one of Sydney's biggest races? To be quite honest, um, up until probably today, I haven't enjoyed it very much at all because when I got here, I didn't have a know who the vet was. I didn't know who the farrier was. I didn't know who the transport was. 
But I finally sort of tracked all that down and got things in place. Uh, yeah, um, we raced one at uh, Rose Hill yesterday, and I said, that was me practice run. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably a bit out of me depth, I feel, but I'm sure my horse is not. And how is your horse, mate? Um, he's bubbling. He really is. We, we give him a little gallop. Um, I've got Dave Perez with me, and he knows him inside out, of course. And, uh, yeah, we give him a little bowl or we'll gallop up the hill on um, Tuesday. Um, yeah, a bit of slogging work yesterday, I think it was. I don't know what day it is. Um, and, yeah, so we'll probably will. Oh, we just went and set up a few little jumps. We're going to do that tomorrow. So. Yeah. Um, he's fine. He's, uh, he's a really happy horse. So he he was so good in an all-star mile. And before that, he dominated all of Tassie's big races, the wait for age races. And I think he went to a new level during that Tassie carnival with his turn of foot. But then um, obviously he went to Sydney and he was first up at a Theo Marks behind Golden Mile. But he was stiff not to win that race. Ryan Maloney took the ride there. And David Perez jumps back aboard and knows his horse really well. Um, um, what's David telling you, mate? Oh, mate, he, he, I, I think he's bubbling as much as the horse. Um, yeah. As I said, he knows him inside out. But the interesting thing with him, at home, he's, he's, uh, he can be very naughty. I, I think he's just cheeky. Yeah. But since since we've been here in this sensational property where we are, of course, um, he, he's been very professional in everything he's done. Yeah. And you're at Bong Bong at the moment with Kira Ma's place, um, which he, of course, rents off racing New South Wales. And we've seen pictures and talked to Kieran and David about that property. It is, it is like, oh. it's a five-star hotel for humans, let alone horses. <laughs> exactly. I sent a video to a few mates the other day and I said, well, that's, I think that's six star. We have to put up with five, you know? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, it's, it's special. There. And, and this, this little, 30, we've got a 1300 meter hill track here. It's, it's a bloody beauty. And what, it's a big day for Tassie Sport as well. This would be a massive coup for Tassie Sport if your little fella can, can win an Epson on the biggest stage or one of the biggest stages in Sydney racing. Oh, mate, it'd be massive. And I mean, I can't believe how cocky Perez is. He, he yeah. thinks he can win it. Like, oh. I won't allow myself to think like that, you know. But anyway, that's me. Yeah. I, as I said, I'm, I think I'm a bit out of my depth, but I'm bloody sure this horse is not. No, I, I reckon you should enjoy it, mate. You, you've, you're helping out the family and um, you, you've had a wonderful career yourself, John. So it, it would be great for Tassie if you can get the job done with this horse. Who, What a career he's had. Like he was too small to purchase at the sales from the Brutton camp. And then they did a wonderful job with him. As a four-year-old, he won a silver eagle and then it, it all went wrong in a golden eagle. And then he looked like he was finished. And then somehow they've got him back. And I don't think I've ever seen him better. Um, he's got a big heart with a passionate, big group of passionate owners. Um, he's a terrific story, your horse. Oh, uh, look, it, it'd be a right books on him in, in time. You know? He, yeah. um, Scott and Tegan have done a mighty job with him. And look, I don't know. Scott seems to reckon he's, he's, he's improved this time around to what he was before. So who knows yeah. where he's going to go. Well, mate, it's exciting. Who, like eight-year-olds, aren't meant to aren't meant to do what he's doing at the moment, the inevitable. And he's at bong bong, and you'd be thinking, "What the hell? Like, how good's this?" Um, <laughs> and so, from from a seven-mile beat isn't bad. Let's be honest. But I think it's an upgrade a little bit from where he's from his home. So he, he'll be he'll be loving life, mate. Um, we appreciate your time, John. Go and get them and do it for Tassie. Um, this is why we all love racing stories like this. And he's got. He's got some yarn to tell the inevitable. So we wish you the best of luck. And 
Um, same with David. This is a big opportunity for him. He's been a superstar riding in Tassie for so long, but now he gets to mix it with J-Mac and, and Tommy Berry and the like. He, it's, um, it's, it's game on for David as well. Oh, and he's so relaxed at this stage. Um, he did he did fizz up a bit um, at the barrier draw. Yeah. Um, but no, look, he he's, he'll give it his best shot. Yeah, that's all we ask for. Hey, well done, mate. Thanks for your time, John, and go and get them on the weekend. All right. <coughs> That'd be nearly my retirement. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Well, it would be some way to go out. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> Thank you. Johnny Keys there. So he's he's been given the late call up from his daughter Tegan and Scott Brunson. We all know what they're going through at the moment, but he's doing what all old mans would do to help out his family and um let's hope he can win an Epsom with the inevitable. Bear Robertson and the team, good people, really good good racing people in that horse. Um you know, I know that they've probably gone through a little bit some um tough moments with this horse, especially of recent times, but it's a I think you think about the horse and the journey that he's taken you on and you come together and you cheer home the, the, the little fella in an Epsom and you do it for your state and one another and you can tell your, tell your grandkids and your children in the next 5 to 10, 15, 20 years that you own this little horse that was knee-high to a grasshopper and he took on the very best with the local jockey on, in David Perez and Johnny Keys came to train at the, the last minute and you won an Epsom. Yeah, against all of the odds. Um, and I think he can do it. Jeez, he's a big price. 8.36. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of it, still plenty more to come. We've got uh, Mark Walker. We'll head to New Zealand to catch up with Mark. And Robbie Heathcote to talk about his superstar galloper in Rothfire. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. As I mentioned before, if racing at a stock market, you could buy shares in organisations. I tell you what, Tiako Racing is an organisation I love to buy shares in because they're absolutely flying at the moment. They've set up their base in Australia now at Cranbourne. They've got a brilliant group of young horses coming through the ranks in New Zealand and they're trained by a genius in, in Mark Walker and he joins us now. Good morning to you, Mark. Thanks for your time. It's a big weekend for... Tiako once again at Imperatrice. You're happy with the way that the draw has come out and um, with that smallish field as she heads back to the Valley at the Moyer on Saturday? Or Friday night, I yeah. should say. Yeah, everything's gone touch wood really well. So obviously the only question mark is just running a 1,000 metres again, but yeah. uh, we just wanted to sort of stick to weight for age racing rather than set weight penalties. And she, uh, so that was the reason for going another thousand. In the perfect world, you'd be going eleven, if not twelve hundred. But it is what it is. Yeah. So I guess that's a concern for the punters. They all probably see her win like she did and give a giga kick wind burn there after they they swung for home at the valley. But giga kick did do all of that work in the middle stages, and the pace was on. It was probably set up perfectly for her. Um, and then staying at that 1,000 metres once again to keep the spring in her step, has that been difficult to do? Uh, it was just a little bit maintenance work and just yeah. just keeping her nice and fresh like she was at the beach yesterday and uh, just had a swim this morning. So it's just been a matter of just keeping her fresh enough 
uh, to go another thousand metres. So, uh, but I think the draw sort of helps a little bit too. Shouldn't get hemmed up in the fence. Should should be able to get out and get rolling when she needs to from that draw. I think. And so yeah, we can't see. Um, we can't wait to see what she can do again in pair of trees in the Moya Stakes. And then we've got Zurion, who is a filly by Sue Star, um, having her first start in this country. She's unbeaten in New Zealand. How good is she, mate? Uh, she'll make a really nice filly when she's going a mile, just whether they're a bit slick for her over 1,200. Uh, it's very difficult, isn't it, weighing up New Zealand form yeah. versus Australian form, especially two-year-old form. But we think she's a nice filly with a good future. But just, just whether they're a bit slick for her over that distance on Friday night, we'll find out. Now, Bet365 should be having a market on whether Opie Bossom can get from Mooney Valley Friday night to Hastings in time to ride Tokyo Tycoon, Mark. What odds are you giving him? Uh, he's not going to ride Zurian now. Uh, okay. Have to make the flight back for Hawke's Bay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, he's just going to ride in Peritrice and then hike it to the airport to get back in time to, uh, I think he gets in at 6am into Auckland and then he's got a flight to Hastings at 8am, I think. So, yeah, it'll be a pretty pretty tight run for him. Yep. So, how is Tokyo Tycoon? No, he's really good and we possibly could end up on a heavy track down at Hawke's Bay, the way the forecast is looking and the way the rain has been. So, it doesn't sort of worry him. He's one on heavy at, at his home track at Manamata, um, so it won't it won't worry him. Um, no, nah, he's really well. He's come back in good order. Doesn't doesn't do much track work or in his trials, but he just seems to save it for race day, and and then he sort of brings his A game out on race day. He's a beauty, the inevitable. We just had a chat to Johnny Keys. He's the same. He's he's only small, but boy, he's got a big heart and a wonderful turn of foot. And so, yeah, we can't see, can't wait to see what Tokyo Tycoon can do as well. And can you win the Arrowfield at Group One? Aromatic and Campionessa, both at big prices, taking on horses like Legato and the like. Yeah, if, if it's a heavy track, I think the the whole complexion of the race changes and uh, Aromatic's got really good wet form and and I think uh, Campionessa's just coming back into it at the right time. She's She was just a bit big in condition early on, but uh, that run first day tightened her up nice and... Uh, uh, I wouldn't ride her off, that's for sure. All right then, mate. What's your best for the day outside of Imperatrice? Sorry, I just lost you for a what's minute. What's your best for the weekend, mate, outside of Imperatrice? Oh, I think it's a horse at Reckoning called It's It's Business Time. I think she's a yes. high-class mare that'll be hard to beat. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. Keep on doing what you're doing. Good luck on the weekend, Mark. Thanks very much. Appreciate there's, it. There's Mark Walker. Robbie Heathcote joins us. Rob, good morning to you. Um, how's things, mate, with Ross Fire as he goes back to, to the valley over 1,000 metres in a Group 1? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, I was at Flemington this morning and yep. watched him work, and he, he just looks a picture of health. He's glowing in the coat. He's got a, His second-up record's probably equal to his fresh record first up, so he's got a reasonable record over 1,000, so we're... we're Confident that he'll race well. Uh, I just said you're offside of there. I said tell Mark Walker to scratch him. <laughs> well, well I, I guess it's it's a challenge for Mark as, as much as it is a challenge for you as well. Is that, geez, they ran some time there in the McEwen, 
And your horse has proven that he can get over trip to like a 1300 like he did in the Stradbroke. Um, how big of a challenge is it to make sure that he's got that sprint in his legs still over a thousand metres second up? Well, we've, we've kept him fresh and, and it's a good question, Gareth, because that is indeed the challenge. Um, after his after his great run, we popped him up to, you know, you know, I stay with uh, the Hayes boys, Ben yeah. and JD and Will. We popped him up to Euroa for a few days, just a bit of R&R freshen. Uh, he's come back in. We haven't had to do much with him. You're right. I actually think his ideal perfect distance is 1,300, even 1,400, which is a Stradbroke trip. So it's just a challenge to keep him nice and fresh. And uh, barrier one, I, some tell me that that can be a hindrance around Money Valley, as Pookie sometimes call it. But um, uh, the way the race maps, we're going to be just in behind the speed and the rest is up to Blake just to get out at the right time. Yeah, with the rail and the true, sometimes barrier one can be a little bit difficult, but um, some, like I know Cool and Gatter led all the way and that's what you wanted there the other year or last year, barrier one. So who knows? Um, uh, it's the quickest way home anyway from an inside gate. Before we let you go, have you got a winner for us at Eagle Farm on Saturday, mate? Uh, well, I've got uh, I've got a smart little horse called uh, Ekaterina. Yes, she, she had a fantastic three-year-old year. She banked a lot of cash, but she never really took on black-type status or the good horses, so to speak. Um, she makes her return to racing as a four-year-old. Um, she runs well on Saturday. I might even whip her down to Sydney for the Silver Eagle. Good idea. I know you've been talking here up for a little while, so that's race nine, horse number five. Uh, Eka, um, Ekaterina, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, well, she's my Russian revolution, yes. so I just I wanted to call her Olga, but that was taken, no, so yes. I had to go with the Katarina. Well, <laughs> well, go, well, Robbie, go and get them this weekend. As I said to Tony, we wish you the best of luck with the Lions and the Broncos as well. I've got my Lions cap on right now, yep. mate. Go the Brisbane Lions. Good on you, Robbie. You're a bloody sensation. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Gareth. Robbie Heathcote there. So, race nine, number five, Ekarina, and also, of course, uh, Rothfire, hard to beat in the Moya. Let's take a break, and we'll wrap up this first hour here on Giddy Up. Always great to catch up with this man. He is the head trainer for Godolphin in this wonderful country of ours, Australia, of course, and he joined us. We're lucky to have him on this show. James Cummings, hello to you, James. How was your Thursday morning? Thursday morning's been pretty good, Gareth. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm looking forward to having a little talk to you about our upcoming runners this weekend. Pericles, first of all, it must have been heartbreaking to have to take him out of the Epsom, and he would have been awfully hard to beat. Yeah, that's a shame, and look, you've got to take the good with the bad, but he uh, he just had he just had that setback there Tuesday morning, and other than that, other than that, he just had the perfect prep leading up to that Epsom, so... Um, Anyway, thankfully he's a he's a he's still a healthy horse. His spring's not over. Um, the boys back at the farm are delighted with him. Um, uh, and and is there still a chance? There's still a chance that I, uh, you'll see that horse in the uh, in the Silver Eagle because okay. uh, because he's uh, his spring. Yeah, he's like I said, his, his spring is um, his, his spring is not over yet. I know Blake Shin's a genius, and I don't think I've ever seen Blake Shin, the boy from Kilmore, ride better at the moment. And Dominic Byrne, along with yourself, can work out a plan. But Barry, 21 and an Epsom, um, you'll have to be bloody good, James. Well, he will have to be. 
good horse, but you know, so he is a good horse. Yes, the horse is. Uh, he's two out of three over sixteen hundred meters. Uh, he's he's a he's a winner at the Randwick Mile on a good track. Uh, he's unplaced. He's unplaced. Finish in the Doncaster. Well, it was very heavy that day, and uh, and of course he's a he's a he's a Caulfield Guineas winner who gets into this race with fifty five kilos. He's meeting a few of the horses that he has to beat pretty well in at the weights, and uh, I think you know I think he's a genuine I think he's a genuine chance in this year's Epsom. I love the way he went about winning last time, and uh, yeah, look, Blake's got his work cut out for him, but. It's not important. It's not impossible for widely drawn runners to win big races over a mile at Ramwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the assignment that he's got before him. I loved having a chat to you before Golden Mile's last start victory, and you said, Gareth, I just need to get him into the contest once again. Know that know that he's in a race um, and give him some confidence. And you oh. did that by putting the blinkers on. How much confidence have you seen him after it's been? It was a nightmare start to his preparation, but how much confidence? Has he gathered from that winning experience there the other day? Gareth, he's got all of it. Mm-hmm. The horse has not gone backwards since he won. He just kept improving. He looks, he looks fantastic. He's as good as he, he's better than he's looked all preparation. And uh, you know, I, 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 um, I just think he needs to be ridden right to, you know, to get the full sixteen hundred meters. That's, um, that's for sure. But. Things can things can unfold for that horse uh, from out there, and I could see the horse running a big race. He certainly got the turn of foot required to be a competitive Epsom runner. So, um, so in a year like this year, I uh, I feel like Golden Mile is a very good chance. Talking about getting a Golden Mile, let's hope that Tom Kitten. Well, he looks like he'll just lap up the mile after his first couple of runs. Are you happy with him as he heads into a dulcify? Yeah, I, I am. I'm delighted with Tom Kitten. He's um, he's had he's had the right preparation. Uh, he's, a, he's already a Fernhill handicap winner. Uh, it's a big effort for a two-year-old to get up and win over 1600 metres. And uh, now with the two runs under his belt since, with very good form, you've seen horses come down to Melbourne like Griff that have got mm-hmm. Tom Kitten form and uh, and perform well. Uh, there was nothing wrong with the form of the Ming Dynasty, having enjoyed watching the Golden Rose on the weekend, and. Uh, and he's ready. He's ready to step out to 1600 metres now. Big, big field. It'll be an interesting race. Uh, but our, our Tom Kitten is ready to charge to the line, and uh, and he he, uh, he can be one of Harry Angel's leading yeah. three-year-olds this season in the uh, the interesting battle for the second season size premiership that's unfolding at the moment. Oh, I love watching those size premiership battles. Um, they're fascinating to watch, James, and um, um, they. They keep me up on a Saturday, so I try and, you know, got my notepad out and I jot down the results. I say, geez, Harry, um, Tom's lifted for you. And I'm just trying to work out, say, Tom, he's, he's well up in the market in a Caulfield Guineas. It's going to be one of the most um, um, special and vintage Caulfield Guineas that we've seen for quite some time, James. Which way are you heading with um, Tom after this? Well, we're going to get through the weekend first. Yes. Uh, we've, we've kept, we've kept uh, Tom Kitten's hopes alive in the Caulfield Guineas. Miller Fry's was, um, he was so impressive, storming to the line in the Golden Rose. I think Stepati won like a horse that had no right winning, but he just, he just, he finds a way and, uh, and, and there's lots to like about that horse. So there's, um, so then there's the rest, there's the up and comers, there's the horses coming out of the Bill Stutt tomorrow night and these horses coming out of the Dulcify from Sydney. So, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of play out, it'll be interesting, but, um, but on the same day, of course, there's a very suitable race in Sydney for gloaming. Yes. On uh, 
on uh, Everest Day. So we're, we're uh, you know, we're we're prepared to keep him in Sydney if we think that's the right way to get him ready for the Spring Champions Stakes by the same token. Now, you got a couple of nice chances in a Premier Stakes. Now, we all know, James, that your horses trial like Learjets. Um, we all know that. Um, um, and Sapoteo trialled nicely before a first-up effort. Um, how has she trained on since then? And this is a tough assignment for her over the 1,200, but she does get J-Mac aboard. Well, Zapatero's flying. Uh, I really think she's going well. There's, um, there's, there's a slight suspicion I did have going into the first up run that she might have tried a little too well mm. in the week leading up to that race. Uh, but nevertheless, Sunshine in Paris was extremely impressive. Um, I know we've lost her from the spring, but you, know, you look at that horse, she's never stopped improving, and she came out of that golden form line uh, in the, uh, in, in the, um, the three-year-old Phillies group one against, you know, against In Secret, for instance, uh, the prep before. Uh, and, uh, and well, you know, wow, Espiona was, was impressive and the figures stacked up behind her in the, uh, in the golden pennant on the weekend. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot to like in the form coming out of that Scirocco, uh, in, um on the ninth. And, uh, look, we feel like our mare hasn't gone backwards and six miller rain, Ranwick overnight, not going to hurt her chances. She just had the track perfect. And Zapatero should be running a, a very, very good race there. It's interesting there because I thought Chris Waller definitely, and he mentioned this after the race, that Espiona would be a lovely horse maybe for an Everest. But I don't think the connections want to go down that path. But when you have a look at that Chiraco form, and especially if your man can deliver a good performance on Saturday, um, the Chiraco form line could be a handy enough form line for a race like an Everest. Have the connections of that horse definitely said no? Well, I don't know, James. I'm just, I had, um, I had, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to give away my secrets, but uh, Mr. Moldcaster, who joins me for a Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast every Wednesday, I know you would love it and listen to it on the way to the to the farm, but um, I don't know. I just, I was just reading between the lines. Maybe they're not that interested, James, but you might know something that I don't know because I had James Harron on the show the other day as well, and. He tells me your negotiating skills are very, very good. Well, you have to thank Vin Cox for that. He's the he's the agent. He's the uh, he's the when it comes to doing the deals, he's the maestro. So I stay out okay. of his way, and I just train the horses. But uh, it's kind of James to say that, and I'll have to catch that podcasted guy, Molecaster. I'll yep. I'll chase that up. But uh, no, no, I haven't got any I haven't got any inside scoop. But she did run very well in the Golden Pendant and. I'll take your word for it. So they're going to have to keep the keep searching far and wide for a, for a runner in their slot then. Yeah. And a Thalric at 100 to 1, B. Shin rides. Your, your thoughts there? Well, look, it's interesting. A Thalric got beaten four lengths and and, and, uh, and probably he probably got cost a, a, a length or a length and a half when he got buffeted there with a, with a 150 to go in the shorts. Uh, he can lay up on a, on, a sl- on a soft speed in this race. And he can he can give a bit of a sight, but it's going to set him up well to be a runner's chance in the Sydney Stakes a fortnight later. So um, I think I think he's uh, I think he's going to acquit himself a little better than he did first up, and he's still improving. At the Valley Friday Night Aristic, he was scratched I think the other day, but he gets D Lane first up, middle gate over the twelve hundred metres around the Valley. Your thoughts there? Well, he's an interesting horse. He's a stakes winner in Adelaide as a two year old. Um, unfortunately, he just had a little mishap on the way down to Melbourne 
to be uh, to be ready to go in in, the, in that race there first up. So we had to scratch him. That would have helped get him ready for this race tonight, uh, tomorrow night. I beg your pardon, but um, but he's been you know he was forced to miss it. I've jumped him out since, and uh, and he's been to the valley for a gallop. But uh, look, it's not easy going into races there like this where there's a bit of form around. With, you know, with horses like uh, Mahaba and Armed Forces, it's um, it's a bit hard to go into it off a setback, but. Uh, if we run if we run in there, then 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 you can be um, you can be sure that we're quite happy with the horse. Is Reggie and the team happy with Sandpaper, um, or is Sandpaper? Has he just been sent down that highway recently to to Melbourne? If he goes around in that third race there over the twelve hundred metres, he's also first up, the son of Snitzel. Sandpaper's going all right. He came off the track at Flemington this morning, feeling pretty good about himself. Brad uh, Rawilla was Brad um, was happy with the way he felt and. Uh, now, that horse has been, you know, as you know, he's been trialled up in Sydney. He's been, pre- he's been prepared out of the park, and uh, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be storming he'll be storming into the valley, ready to run a race fresh. Yep, I love that sandpaper. They tell me I had some spies. Reggie's just been in fine form in that Flemington hut as well. He sort of, it's it should be the red Reg Fleming hut in a way. I reckon he's 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 the stalwart of that organisation at that hut. Um, they call it I tell the, you what, if there was a if they, if they get if they gave out any awards for diplomacy, yes. then he would be he would be winning that winning that every year. There's there's three huts there at Flemington. I think they call that hut the hut of knowledge, the middle hut. <laughs> um. I, it's, 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 it's possible. I don't know for sure. No, but I think it's quite possible. This is the only hut yeah. out of the three that has the Bet Easy Miller's Guide yeah. sitting on the desk. <laughs> They tell me Bart used to just dom- they tell me Bart used to dominate the crosswords there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the, qu- the daily quiz you dominate. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the daily quiz. I should know that. Yeah, um, that's another story for another day. I, I was just thinking, just off, what would Bart say if horses trialed too well? You don't, you don't win tri- you don't win races at trials, James. Did he have a saying there? I know that he used to say you don't win Melbourne Cups, young fella, in in July. One year. Best trial you've just about ever seen was was Gold Edition. Yes. In the week leading up to a good sprint race at Flemington. Yeah. Um, Swick Swick lay away, beaten about <laughs> seven lengths. Uh, Swick won the race. Yeah. And not Gold Edition. <laughs> we might have to have a, a Bart coming saying every time we join you. Um, um, inhibitions. <laughs> this is a good filly, and she meets a, a nice group of fillies there on, on Friday night as well in the Scarborough Stakes. It's a good meeting at the Valley for a Friday night. Oh, it's terrific! This is a good race again. But Inhibitions has got the uh, she's got the she's got the the good runs next to her name. I like the fact that she's uh, she's arriving here as a fit horse, and uh, I'd, I'd expect I expect her to run well again. That the um, she sort of. She feels as good now as she did when she first arrived down here from Sydney. So um, yeah, so we're pleased to pleased to hear that, and I can see her I can see her running well. But it's from that barrier, it's important that she does get a good run in the race. I somewhat suspect that um, if a horse like Ulanova yes, um, can just can just sort of from the from from a position in that speed map bring us across somewhat then we'll be we'll be all right but um she's probably one of the keys of the race but there's good there's good pressure there's a few horses up there you and over be one being one of them and inhibitions if she can just get that nice run 
get a good drag into it and the valley's playing nice and fair on the night, mm-hmm. then, uh, then we can expect the inhibitions to be making a solid charge at the line as a competitive chance. And love to get your thoughts before we say goodbye on Sadozi. Um, we all know that she's got plenty of ability, this filly by King Men, but it hasn't gone quite right for her, this preparation. Um, is this a confidence-boosting, hopefully, type of run come Sunday there at Sandown for her? Yeah, you're all over it. She needs to run a race mm-hmm. because uh, she's gone missing in two runs back. They've been hard races, um, but she's just been running no race at all. And uh, as you can imagine, she's been training a lot better than that. So uh, this will be a wait-and-see race for her on the weekend. Uh, but we find found, we feel like we found the right race to do so. Panalone looks tough to beat with McNeil aboard there at Mornington on a Saturday. You don't miss much. No, we can't afford to these days because it's, it's competitive Jay Cummings in this world to get Cadolphin on, you know. So you've got to make sure that you, you impress the team and um, um, ask all the right questions. Yeah, we're, we're quite pleased with that horse. We, we, think he'll, we think he'll be running a race. All right, then. I like it. And um, you must be over the moon, mate. And congratulations. Cylinder into an Everest, in secret into an Everest. Um, exciting for the stable there. Two strong chances there in a few weeks' time. Well, they, the, the, the Everest for us this year is a very important race. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and we've, we're, look, we've, got, we've got in secret there our two-time Group 1 winner who's been building up to the race as a target race. She goes into the race... Uh, um, she'll be going to the race fresh off that, uh, off that solid run in the shorts. She's crying out for six furlongs. Um, up, to, you know, up to weight for age. It's perfect for her. And... Uh, I just I pray for a decent. I pray for a decent barrier. I think it'll be important for her. As for as for Cylinder, well, he's uh, he's he's the X Factor Brigade, really. Cylinder, he's yes. come out of the Golden Rose, dropping back in distance. Um, he won the jump there. Uh, he's a sharp colt, and he's going to bring into that race uh, a huge amount of potential. And and that's and, and that's and that's how you could envisage Cylinder winning the Everest. Because he's got that, imp- he's just got that improvement in him, and he's got that three-year-old wait, wait for Ajax factor behind him. So that's uh, that's that's an important race for Godolphin this year, and it's uh, and it's one where we where uh, we have just got to look forward to. Yeah, I'm just thinking innovation. You know, um, you've got Cylinder, a three-year-old Zach Lloyd. He gets an opportunity on the on the biggest stage of all. I've just got a feeling, and geez, I don't think he could go too much like. Any better there the other day, Cylinder? I've just got a feeling it could be his Everest if he draws well. I like the way you think, yeah. but I tell you what, if uh, if if In Secret stormed home and claimed it, oh. even when the race looked all over, would you be that surprised? I thought I, I, I'm saving In Secret. I reckon she's a Dali Sprint horse down the straight. That's her okay. race this prep. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to try and take Dominic's job, but that's what I'm thinking, James. I, it's it's always a pleasure. Now, the big question is, has the driver recovered from his back injury? Like, there was a lot of questions when we had Jason Walsh on the show the other day, and he, he doesn't have a driver. And I know that James Harron tried to get in the deal that he had to have the driver for at least two weeks leading up to the Everest as part of the deal with the slot. But um, you wouldn't let the driver go. Um, so can you give us an update there, James? Morning. Good morning, Gary. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. We thought you were out to the paddocks for good, um, driver, but you're alive. Well, they, they put me on a bit of rehab, and I'll, yep. I'll tell you something. They, they said I'd, I'd do four sit-ups and then yeah. lie down. 
Now, we want you to make sure that you've been, um, um, you, you're making sure you're looking after your health and you're off the darts and that. So, um, so we, cause I don't think that's good for the back. All right. So have you, has the driver got an opinion? Have you got anything for us? Because, um, I've, and the text messages are flying through now. Um, they're, they're happy to hear your voice driver. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. I'd, I'd uh, yeah, I'm going to tip a horse on the weekend. It's, it's, uh, but you, you've already sort of suggested that Pantalone would be hard to beat at Mornington. All right, then, Pantalone. We'll just um, we'll jot that one down. And Jai McNeil yeah, needs to get the job done. Who you? Who's your? T- I know you're you're a Wallabies fan, um, because you're a private school boy. We all know that. So what about um, who wins the NRL? Oh. Penrith will be too strong. Yeah, all right. In the I was very disappointed with those um, Australian two Giants. They didn't do much good overseas. No, they were, they were disappointing, Eddie Jones and the like. But um, anyway, um, rugby's just flying <laughs> at the moment, that sport. We all know that. Just the, the last one before we let you go, um, driver. If I gave you $10 and um, said, can you just invest something in the Everest for me? Would you go de- Would you go down the path of the mayor or would you go that three-year-old? I know you've got a soft spot for that three-year-old cylinder. Yes, he was our, he was our Willy Wonka chance, he wasn't he? He was, he was. But, well, I'd go for the mayor. Yeah. All right, then you stuffed me up there. I thought you'd say cylinder. And the other job we've got for you, make sure those two-year-olds that'll be just working up that hill there nicely at the farm, just keep it. Make sure you get your pen ready and um, let us know. We've got the new stopwatches too. Eight of them arrived yeah. last week. Eight new stopwatches. Well, you make sure that Jimmy looks after you. You get that back brace. Make sure you stretch up and um, say thank you to James and the like there at um, Godolphin. And we look oh, forward. The driver better. The driver better go on my phone. I think the cops have checked. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, no, Gareth. No, Gareth. He's um, he's good at directions. He's like he, the first, the first, the first morning he drove for me. He just he just knew every back alley in Sydney. He said, yes. I bet you. He should have actually never been this way before. <laughs> but anyway, the one thing he's not that good at is remembering names, you know. So he, you know, he's been on your show like you know a thousand times, and he keeps calling you Gavin. Yeah, that's so I it. Said, Why don't you stop calling? Just call him G. Just call him the G. Yeah. So the when G. he's on the now when he's on the show, you're just the G, all right? Yeah, G man. Uh, lucky, lucky. You're part, you're part. You're part of the club now. Yeah, I love it. Um... Is I get a bit nervous once he has a chat to Ruta then. <laughs> we'll, move, we'll move on. Thanks for that, James. All right. Thank you, James. Thank Thanks, you, driver. Um, 9.25, Chris Roots, of course, uh, the superstar journey that um, um, the boys love as well. So we'll take a quick break. 9.26 now. Is it time for a break? We go on to the news. Oh, we better take a break. Quick smart. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com Let's find you a few winners with this Thursday edition of Bag of Tips thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals and the best pub in the Mallee, the Ultima Hotel. Now, Mitch Lewis at Mowie, race four, number 12, Think Baby, two units, and race six, number eight, Humming, four units. Race four, number 12. Race eight, number eight. Race four, number three for Mickey Gannon at Wyong. Oakfield Prince, five units. And then at Melts and Trots, Darren Carroll. Race four, number one. Rockin' with Attitude, three units. Race six, number six. VMG McRae, four units. And then at Shepparton tonight, race one, number five. Lindy Grace, 
three units. We'll have all of those tips and staking plans on our website as well. It's news time at 10 o'clock. James Cummings next. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Uh, Gareth Hall with you on this Thursday morning. James Cummings not far away. It's four minutes past nine Eastern time. Hopefully enjoying your Thursday morning ahead of a public holiday in Victoria, ahead of the AFL Grand Final, and then, of course, a public holiday in New South Wales on the, the Monday after the NRL Grand Final. Going through bag of tips once again. This is now it's time for the dogs with our, our winners there in South Australia at Angle Park tonight. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. Race three, number two, Bundy Baz, a unit there. Race nine, number six, Basil Brash Rose, one unit there for Todd Gray. And race 12, number one, Alinga Molly, a unit, the winner, two units, the place for Todd Gray. For expert greyhound racing tips, follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. And the Ladbrokes Million Dollar Chase, October 13. Simon Orchard likes a couple at Dapto. Race six, number one, Traces, three units there. And race eight, number five, Bandit Jane, two units. And at Gunnedah, race six, number seven, Cyclone Owen, two units there. The world's richest Greyhound race, the Million Dollar Chase at Wentworth Park on October 13. That's Bag of Tips. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals, supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries, ozequipment.com. Also the best pub in the Mallee in country Victoria, the Ultima Hotel and Bet365, the world's favourite online at betting brand. Make sure you are gambling uh, responsibly for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up, and it's time to catch up with Jesse Gow from New Zealand Bloodstock, where Winnie begins. They're ready to run sale, isn't far away. Those breeze ups will be happening in the middle of October, and Jess joins us now. Good morning, Jess. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Gareth. Um, we had uh, a chat to Andrew Seabrook yesterday on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast with the Captain Guy Moldcaster, and we were just going through some of the the superstar stallions that have performed quite well over the last couple of years, especially in New Zealand, producing some of our best gallopers and leading the way is the old boy in Savabil because he can produce horses that can be hard to beat in classics. And then he's got a horse like an I Wish I Win who's a favourite for our greatest sprint race, the Everest. Exactly. He showed off his range rather well during the championships when he had I Wish I Win you know, sprinting, winning the TJ Smith, and then Major Beale coming out with the Derby. So his range is incredible. And, uh, I mean, we're just egging I wish I went on um, with the Everest coming up. Obviously, that field's shuffling around a little bit. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens come mid-October. So we've got nine sons of Savabile at this ready-to-run sale. And then Pras here that he had a breakout year once again with some of his gallopers, like a Legato and a Prowess, and even for that matter, a Pierre that goes around in the Arrowfield on Saturday, stepping up and um, proving that he is one of the most um, uh, hottest young stallions in the caper these days. And I think his service fee explained that when it went up to 70,000 from 17 and a half. So you would imagine if you've purchased a yearling and you tried to pin hook a price here, that you'd be pretty happy with yourself. Because they might go for a bit of money here, right? I think it's, it's you'd be you'd be delighted. I think you, if you had a crystal ball, you would have been buying prices up large in the last wee while, and um, and I think anyone um, who's been paying attention to race results in the last season will be hot on his progeny. Uh, yeah, what a ripper of a season! And he took out the size premiership here in New Zealand, uh, topping um, Savabile for the first time in a long time. He's the re our reigning champion. So, yeah, uh, Price there should be very popular. Um, 
another one, Perencanto, Little yes. Avondale Studs Perencanto. Um, he he had a had a had a bit of recently. He's had a lot of form, particularly up in Australia with the likes of Rock and Horse, um, Little Bros, um, and he's you know lost and running. He's got a number of horses going round that are well uh, worthy of attention and, and suggest that the six lots he's got in the ready-to-run sale uh, might be quite popular too. They'll be very popular because he's made a mark in Hong Kong as well, Per and Canto, and I was so happy to hear Sam Williams tell us that he had a bit of a setback, but now he's back and he's doing what he does best, and that's serving mares, Per and Canto, after that uh, little injury that he had a delay to the breeding season. So it's great to see him back at Little Avondale Stud. And then you've got Sway and S from, of course, he's produced Lucky Sway and S, who was a star buy at these sales a few years back and Al Masour's producing classic winners as well. You've got Redwood who's sharp and smart and he's got um, that smart young horse for Rodgy that goes around there in the the Hastings feature three-year-old there on Saturday as well. So Redwood's doing a mighty job. And Tino, of course, he'll be hard oh, to beat. Solidify. Tony Golan, yeah. yes. Yes. Mm. Um, solidify, that's all awesome, I'm trying to think yeah. of. And Tino's going to be yeah. hard to beat on Sunday in a Sandown Stakes and He'll yes. be one of the favourites for the Turak, the Group 1 Turak, shortly. Yeah, so look, there's so many current stallions. So these are all, you've sort of run through, most of these are really, the success in Australia has been uh, quite prolific. And to have these stallions represented, they've absolutely peppered throughout that British run uh, sale catalogue. It's really, I mean, we're delighted. Um, it's a strong catalogue because they're very current. Um, and uh, there's actually, uh, so we've got, um, the, the half to Kovalika actually by Supersets in the catalogue um, and of course we've got a half to Lucky Swain S um, by Contributor and Contributor's doing quite a, you know, he's, he's a pretty exciting uh, stallion as well so yeah really, really current, interesting catalogue um, so can't wait to, to get some footage in the can of these horses galloping over 200 metres so we can share it with people. Yeah, it's been one hell of a sale, the results speak for itself so looking forward to those um Breeze Ups, which will be held shortly, and we can get all of the action there with your brilliant service there and the, the video and the information that you provide is second to none. Jess, as always, it's a lot of fun, and enjoy your week. It's probably going to be another week where another New Zealand bred galloper wins another big race in this country. Oh, standby team. I hope so. Thanks for that, Jess. On Giddy Up, the weekend preview with Dean Watling and Mick Gannon. Oz Empress, though, comes to the Charmstone form lines. is really good first up at getting $10. That's a great each-way bet. Oz Empress at the 150 from Dasonic Boom. Zuka Red and Poifik the outside. Still Oz Empress clear. And Oz Empress will win the Jim Maloney. Dasonic Boom second. Poifik third. Uh, I'm going to go race three number eight. Mark West, best bet of the day. I have $100 on it. Mark West. I'm going to have $50 on it. I think it's suited now for 900 metres inside draw. Inside the 100 metres, it's all over. Mark was ripping clear. Perossa goes into second a big win to Marcus from Parossa I'd like to see how Ford Osmosis is in the yard before I have a bet and Royal Tribute's got the fitness edge I found it impossible because I don't think anything can beat those two it's Osmosis just the leader from namesake Osmosis lifting kicking Osmosis goes on to win the heritage the colt remains unbeaten they're preparing the run to the rose form and just sort of allowing a bit of allowance for militarized that was never really there to win in that race Charmstone militarised the two. Cylinder hitting the line hard. End cap. Cylinder militarised late. Oh, barnstorming finished by militarised. The late attack diving. And I think it got there in the golden rose from Cylinder and end cap. Race two, number seven. Peace officer in the midway. 
Police officer just in front. Ewan trying to get through a wide-out victory lane and bend the knee. Peace officer trying to cling on, and he does so. Peace officer beats victory lane. Uh, Alligator Blood should be winning this race. Happy to play both Alligator Blood and Attrition. I think they're the easiest ways to play this race. Thought Alligator Blood with his extra sort of fitness edge on a couple of these. Potentially he could put a couple to the sword. Alligator Blood at the 150 extended. A length in front of Tuvalu and Jewis. But it's Alligator Blood clear. Looking to go back to back. He's mighty hard. Gets him there. Alligator Blood won it. It's going to be between V8 and Stapati for me. Both of them were super impressive first up. But I'm going to lean to Stapati. But I just love Stapati. Party. I think the way they were going to beat him was last start over 1,200 metres off that long break. I think up to 1,400 metres now. I think the gate's well. I think he sits three pairs back on the outside and just goes whooshed at the 200 metres. She lighted the party from nowhere. It's going to be a big finish. They hit the lights. The party. The party has got up to win it. Has picked itself off the canvas. Yes, this particular opening keeps on getting longer because the boys are on fire with the weekend preview. They were tipping winners for fun. Let's do it again. What a weekend it promises to be. It's a great weekend for our sporting lovers. AFL Grand Final Day Saturday, NRL Grand Final Night Sunday, Epsom Day in Sydney, Saturday afternoon, Friday night at the Valley, you get the two queens of Australasian racing taking centre stage, a good meeting on a Sunday as well there at Sandown. So plenty to look forward to. Let's welcome in the team. Mickey Gannon, hello to you. Morning, G. Morning, Dino. DeanWatling.com. Hello to you. Morning, Gareth. Gano. Quick shout out to Gano, too. He did a Group 1 double last week. Declared both of them in the Underwood and the Golden Rose. So props to you, Gano. Too yeah, good. it was one of your better weekends, I think, at the office, Mickey Gannon. Thanks, lads. Yep. Just uh, just got to pick it up and go again, though, because you're only as good as your next one. That's a good point you make. On a good four-rail true at Randwick, how do you think this track will play, first of all, you to you, Mickey Gannon? I think it'll play really fair, G. We've had about five mils of rain overnight. That's great because, once again, we won't need the irrigations. A couple warm days ahead, but rail true, every horse will get their chance. Yep. What do you think of the, the track conditions there and how are you predicting how this track will play, Dean Watling? Yeah, it's the best track in Australia when Ramwick's in the true position. Uh, a little bit of rain overnight, which I love. I think that just takes the edge out of the track. Should play really fair. I think the disadvantage, you don't want to be – cuddled up on the fence or on those inside lanes. I suggest lane six is the optimum. And uh, in your 1,600-meter races, which we'll touch on soon, the episode especially, it's no disadvantage, Gareth, to draw wide. All right, then. Before 10 o'clock, let's have a look at these two-year-old races, the Jim Crack and the Breads Plate. This is right up your alley, Dean Watling. And going through the market, first of all, of race number two, which is the Jim Crack on the, the program, and this is for the Phillies, we've got... Horses under double figures here. Celestial Bling, anyway, 13. Erno's Cube at 11. Invincible Madison for the Snowdens, 460. Lady of Camelot at 270 for Waterhouse and Bot. Lady to Sort, the stable mate at $4. And then big prices for the rest. How do you analyse the gym crack this year here, Dino? Yeah, really good race. Out of the two, obviously, the gym cracks for the Phillies and obviously the Breeders, which we'll touch on, for the Colts and Geldings. I thought the gym crack for the girls was the easy one to decipher. I think the market's got this wrong. I think the sixth Lady of Camelot was good, running okay time, but I thought uh, physically in the stride late, she just looked a little bit, little bit weak. I think uh, the booking of James McDonald's is the only reason that horse is currently favoured. I'm really keen to have a two-bet play here. I think Invincible Madison, who's out of Super 2, which is a half to Super 1, um, showed lovely turn of foot in her trial. Time wasn't anything to note, but I just love the action, the way she went about it. She looked really professional. Gate 6, 1,000 metres. They're going to go quick here, so she's going to land in a beautiful spot. So I think 
the Invincible Madison on top. And I think Lady Tussauds, the other one, should cross from gate nine. Um, comparatively to Lady of Camelot, the time was very similar. But this girl physically looked a lot stronger. And her late sectional speed in that trial was outstanding. So really keen to play in the gym car, uh, race two, number five, Invincible Madison and the seven Lady Tussauds. So back them both to return the same amount of money, Gareth. Mick Gannon. I'll just stay in my lane, G. That's yep. not a race that I'll be betting in either race two or three. All right, then. We might take a break and then we'll come back and have a look at the breeder's plate for the two-year-olds. And as I said the other day, I went to this function and everybody was stopping me saying, Gareth, you've got to watch for this two-year-old scampy. He's something quite special. We'll get Dino's thoughts about this two-year-old, of course, making his debut in that breeder's plate there in Sydney on Saturday. This is the weekend preview. Thanks to Bet365. On this Thursday morning, don't go anywhere. Still plenty to look forward to on this Thursday, including um, previewing the Dulcify, the Flight Stakes, the Premier Stakes, the Epsom, and the Metrop there at Randwick. Welcome back to Getty Up. This is a weekend preview ahead of a massive weekend of sport, especially in the racing caper. And Dean Watling, the Breeders' Play, it's always a fascinating race for the Colts and Geldings on Debut. Scampy $1.95 after an impressive trial this Sunday. Blue Point for Kiramar and David Eustace. Straight charge at six fifty, and then Volatile. We had Henry Field on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast, and he gave this two-year-old a really good push as well. So what are your thoughts here in the Breeders' Plate? Should we be taking the $1.95 Scampy? No, I don't think so. I think if you like Scampy, you'll get a much better price on Saturday. It's just priced off that hype and the sort of snowball effect off that impressive trial. Was very impressive, stable confidence as well, and looked lovely in its stride. Don't worry too much about the time in comparison to the other trials as um, that horse obviously wasn't off the bit. Um, there's no real speed in this race, which is interesting. Tommy Berry will probably push the button on the $1.6 million yearling bodyguard and roll to the top. Horse that I really like, and I agree with Guy Molcaster, which is a little bit concerning here, but I think Volatile was a pick of mine in this race. Just at the price, showed a lovely turn of foot um, and was one of the only horses on the morning to show a turn of foot, Gareth. So I'd be playing small, the 12 straight to charge, which will lead, and the 14 Volatile for Peter and Paul Snowden and J-Mac. Jeez, I know you've come a long way in a short amount of time, Dino, but having a crack at Guy Moldcaster, one of the great bloodstock agents that we've seen, the man that picked out Winks, I think it would be a positive if he has uh, liked oh, the horse wow. that you like. He's, he's picking horses at the sales. He's not betting. Oh, okay. No, I, I think he's a bit of a punter as well, Guy. Um, so there you go. I, I would say great minds. Oh, I think that's a great um, leg up for punters out there. Oh, Two wow. great minds coming together. Um, Mickey, do you have an opinion on the breeders' plate just before the no, news? No, all I know is that Jack, I'll be pretty keen what, to watch the outcome of a blue point uh, galloper yes, going around anyway. Uh, he's up so. and about, Jackson France. I think everybody knows now. That wasn't a clip. No, no you, don't, you don't clip that up, Jack. All right, 10 o'clock news time. <laughs> Great to be with you this Thursday morning, 0499736736 to join our conversation. Time to get stuck in now to the weekend preview with this meeting at Roundwick. Should be a perfect surface and every horse should get their opportunity. What a good four with the rail. True. There's three group ones. Let's start with the preview of the group ones. And we might start with the fillies in the, the flight stakes over the mile. And this is the last leg of the three-year-old filly series in Sydney. And the horse that's dominated the series so far is Tis Invincible. These fillies step up to the 1,600 metres here in the flight stakes. And Tis Invincible is at 270 in the market leader here with Bet365. Kamochi at 550. 
Tropical Squall was a good performance the other day behind Tis Invincible. She's at $7. French Endeavour, 13 Molly Nickers at $7. And then Tana Levita is at $12. Unique Ambition at $10. Mickey Gaddon, you're being bullish on Tis Invincible right through her preparation. So have you, Dino. But she's got a wide gate to contend with this time around as she steps up to the 1600. I like it, G. I think Tropical Squall rolls forward, Hasty Honey rolls forward, Tis Invincible, Barrier 13. What do you do there? Well, you've only got one option. You're going to roll forward over the mile. You've got about 400 metres to that first turn. I think it's a lovely barrier. I would have much preferred to draw wide than draw inside. Yep. Uh, I think now Zachy Lloyd pushes forward, sits probably on the back of it. And two bets here that we can have in this race, G. Tis Invincible to win, and we can have something Tropical Squall as well, and we can get a result. I think Tropical Squall is a horse we need to have an Oaks bet on now around the $13 with bet 365. We need to have a bet on it now because it won't be $13 come the end of the Dali flight stakes, Dino. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Gano, in sense of the barrier. It's no real concern. 600 metres, 400 to the turn. And the way we think the track's going to play, I would much prefer to sit outside horses and get to the best part of the track rather than being back on the inside, which I think will be the inferior ground. There's no real speed other than Tropical Squall. So I think Zach Lloyd just pushes the button, glides across, sits outside the leader, the 1-1, one, one, three pairs back to the outside. I don't think it matters. I think she's the superior filly in this race. I think Unique Ambition's a big improver, but the market hasn't missed her. J-Mac goes on and Blinkers go on. They're two big ticks. I think she's the danger. Again, drawn wide, but I'm not too concerned. But I think we'll see uh, Tiz and Vince will add to that picket fence here, Gareth. And, Prayers for all the listeners out there that took the 16 all in um, when we yeah. first tipped it up a couple of weeks ago. So, Tiz Invincible firmly on top. I think you got to respect Molly Nickers. My only concern with Tiz Invincible is that she got keen in the first couple of starts, but she's been able to have cover. And Zach gave her a peach there. In fact, he's gave her a peach her last couple of starts. Over the mile, she does push forward and she's in open air for a long time and she gets keen. Maybe she might be vulnerable that last 100 metres or so over the 1,600 metres. I think you've got to respect Molly Nickers, but it's a good race. And I love the confidence from Hieronymus. I know it was straight after the race, but with those beaten jockey interviews, he said, bring on the flight stakes because my filly's going to be a lot better over the 1,600 metres. So that's the Dali flight stakes. The team with Tiz Invincible, um, maybe save there on Tropical Squall and Unique Ambition and a futures bet in the Oaks there for Tropical Squall. And we all know that Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have a wonderful record in those three-year-old classics. Let's have a look at the next of the group ones. And we move to the Epsom over the 1,600 metres worth $1.5 million. Because of the King Charles, it's probably not a field that in previous times you probably have a stronger field. But in saying this, it's a handicap, and I still think there's high-quality group one gallopers involved here. The market with Bet365. We've got my Oberon at 23. Jeezy's been well supported, the inevitable. I, I, I was like, you could get thirteen or fourteen dollars there yesterday. He's into six fifty. Glowing Goebel at twenty nine. Converge at thirteen. Golden Mile. James Cummings bullish about his chances still, despite the draw at nineteen. Hope in your heart eight fifty. She's been a little easy. So this has been a big go on the the inevitable to be the favourite now. Then you've got Kovalika at nine dollars. Guy Molcaster who purchased this horse, he says it's a it's time to bet with Kovalika second up here. And that's a good push. Nugget at $8, pounding at $16. Duke DeSessa, 34. Democracy Manifest at 15. Rendiener at um, 13. And then we go down to Waterford at 19 at the bottom of the weights. 
So that's the story here. And Mickey Gannon, we were having a chat the other day. If the inevitable wasn't trained by Johnny Keys and written by David Perez and had Kira Ma next to his name and James McDonald, I said this on Matty White's show on 1170 yesterday. He'd probably be around 350, this horse, after watching him the other day and Theo Marks. Yeah, he'd be much shorter, G. There's, uh, there's no doubt about that. That was very impressive running the Theo Marks. I think probably just got a length or two further back and just didn't quite get the tag into the race that we would have liked to see. But I think if he wins that, he would have been much shorter here. And as you said, more fashionable trainer jockey combination, and he would be as well. But I think David Perez will get the job done here. Barrier 8 can sit just off them, ride the horse as he needs to be ridden. So just nice and comfortable. Whether that's there's a slow tempo or whether there's a fast tempo, it doesn't really matter. He'll get the horse into a good rhythm, gets the best part of the track. And I suggest he'll be the one uh, flying over the top late. We've got a huge price early in the week, $13. You still got around the $6.50 mark now. I think that's his right price, probably yep. $5.50. Um, outside of him, Waterford is a horse I was very, very keen to back um, on the seven-day backup. Zach Lloyd, barrier 20 is some concern. And if they do go too slow, another big concern. But 50 kilos, uh, Waterford's come back uh, a better commodity now as a gelding. Gee, so I think we can play both of those uh, to make a profit, Dino. Yeah, I think the thing that caught my eye first in this race was the lack of speed. Obviously, the Epsom Big uh, Mile race, you expect there to be a lot of speed, but uh, there doesn't look to be huge amounts on paper, especially with Pericles coming out. Um, just to reiterate the barrier stats as well, 12 of the last 20 winners have come from barrier 10+. plus, So it's no real inconvenience, especially from the 1,600-meter start to draw wide. Uh, I think this year, though, you want to be landing at worst midfield. I think it's not a year that you want to be too far back past midfield just in regards to the speed. I thought those three horses I want to identify. I think the price has gone inevitable, but he looks mighty hard to beat. Um, best of the meeting sectionals late there in the Theo Marks. Thought Hope in Your Heart was the one that's sneaky on the radar. It was only 1.4 lengths off Mr. Brightside and the Doncaster back in the autumn. I thought the setup for that horse will land midfield. Lovely spot. Craig Williams, a bit of redemption about him. I think uh, the final one is Alentia. No luck at all in the last two starts. Gets right down in the weight. Skate 17s. Um, a little bit tricky where she lands in the run. But Jay Ford on. I thought um, I'm not going to drop off her. So I'm going to play it. I think it's a race. Gareth, you can have a little speck on all three of them. Yeah, I love a handicap. They're, they're my favourite part of racing, trying to work out handicaps. Horses getting into races at the bottom of the weight. 1,600 metres, $6.50 the field. For punters, it's their, their greatest challenge to try and work out the winner and the speed map and which horses can perform and peak on, on this day. So it's going to be a beauty, the Epsom. The Metrop, race nine, is the other group one on the program. Cleveland at $23. Major Bill, the Derby winner, at $17. Then we go down to a horse like uh, Calipore at 23 Richie, he's, he's got a new lease of life, Richie Benno, at, at $9. But what about this for a go? You got Mr. Waterville, who you got to respect as well, at ten dollars down the bottom there with Tyler Schiller taking the ride, but just fine. He has been a fine and a half for Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott, and my racehorse. A dollar seventy-five now, Dino. It's is. He was a dollar ninety-five now into a dollar seventy-five. It's some going a Group One like this, a Group One over twenty-four hundred meters. It's incredible. Do you want to try him in a dollar seventy now? I suggest no, but the firm's um, insane. But I think that does back up what he's been doing on the clock and the data. Gun. I think you can back me up on that. What you've been seeing is a horse that has this elite ability to absorb pressure up on speed, and then say, see you later, and show a kick at the three hundred meter mark and put him to the sword. He's late speed and 
sectional strength through the line last start of 2,000 metres was uh, great and suggested up to 2,400 metres, no issue. And then the cherry on top skate too. Rachel King can do whatever she likes from there. And I think saw on Twitter as well this morning, a couple of replays from overseas suggesting that um, he's not just a one-dimensional on-pace horse. He can take a sit and shoulder turn a foot. So um, I don't want to be chiming in seventy Gano, but I think the horse just wins and wins well. Yeah, I think we'll get closer to two dollars. Uh, horses already on the drift now. It was a silly price bet uh, put up, and I don't think they've had any money for it. So I suggest that's why we'll see it hit two dollars. You might want to be quick though, um, but the odds drift protector will help you there, uh, G-Man. Uh, but I think look, the horses just produce significant figures. This thing I mentioned something along the lines. It might have sounded a bit crazy, but he, he looked the second coming of Might and Power last day. I was about to say that. Were you sticking yeah. by those comments? Yeah, but the pressure was poured on, like, and you don't see it very often. The horses that that, that poured the pressure on finished, I think, last and nearly second last, and, and a long way away. And those they're no slouches. Um, now you got barrier two rolls forward, versatile enough from what we saw over in the UK as well. Has come from behind. It obviously, won't be coming from behind this time around, but might sit off the stable mates. G, look, do you want to take a dollar eighty? No, would you take two dollars? Yes, definitely. So just be patient. I think we'll get two dollars, and I think she, I think he's a bet and. He'll, he'll continue to go on bigger and better things and, throughout the spring, I think. And I know this might be grasping its straws a little bit, but I do believe in it with my racehorse because you've got hundreds of owners involved here and they tell their mates and Jared Waitley, who's the, the champion broadcaster for this radio station, his old man's in it. And he keeps on talking about this horse just fine. And he tells his mates who pass on the videos, telling their mates, and then they all back this horse. And it's yep. formerly owned by the King. So... He'll be solid in the market regardless, just fine. And he's trained by the Queen and in, in Gay Waterhouse. And Adrian Bott does a wonderful job. So um, he's, as I, I keep on saying this, he, he's nearly the story of the spring for mine. From how far he's come, he's exceeded mm. all expectations. Like he didn't have the form in the UK to suggest he would be able to do what he's doing at the moment in this country, Mickey. And yeah, he and just be a that. player in the show. Cups here. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Just on that, like the work that Gay and Adrian done with this horse, the horse has improved three or four lengths since coming to them. Yeah. Like it's just phenomenal. They're flying, not just with their two-year-olds and their three-year-olds and their sprinting types. Not you know, they've just got another string to their bow with another really, really high-class um, stayer, and they've improved the horse in its first preparation, which is nearly impossible to do. That's the great game. You just don't know with these imports. Some can go backwards and some can jump out of the ground. Uh, Alcohol-free will be an interesting, like. They wouldn't even compare these two gallopers in the same breath there in the UK, but just fine could take still the show there on Saturday where alcohol free. She's got to really stand up and be counted for in that premier stakes. Talking about the premier stakes, we'll take a break here on Giddy Up's weekend preview on the other side of it. We'll, we'll preview the premier stakes, which is the last lead up to the Everest. There'll be a few horses trying to put their hand up and say, pick me and give me a slot in the great race in a few weeks time. Welcome back to Giddy Up's Weekend Preview. Gareth Hall, Mickey Gannon, Dean Watling with you. Text messages are flowing through this morning, so we'll get to them in just a moment, especially the questions regarding the Randwick meeting. 0499 736 736 to join the conversation. Bet365 providing the market updates, of course, the world's favourite online bookmaker. Make sure you are gambling responsibly. Um, for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And sports fans, you have a chance to win an incredible Arizona holiday to the value of up to $10,000. All you need to do is visit iCanWin.com.au and tell us in 25 words or less why you 
want to visit Arizona. Let's have a look at the Premier Stakes on Saturday. This is the final lead-up to the Everest, and this is the final chance for these gallopers here to put their hand up and say, hey, I'm ready to go for the Everest. Let's have a look at the Bet365 market. Lost and running, had no luck the other days at $17. Think about it. It's been heavily supported. Joe Pride, very bullish this morning when we had a chat to him with our Stable Mail show on Giddy Up at 210. Marzu at $13. He already has a slot. Remark at 20 to 1. Then we've got uh, Hawaii 5.0 at $9. Alcohol Freeze, a fascinating runner. Joe Murrah rides for the Waterhouse and Bot Camp at 11. She's a Group 1 winner over a sprint trip in Europe. She won that July Cup over the 1,200 metres. Bella Nipatina at 5.50. Has there been enough rain for her? And then Zapateo at $7.50. Dean Watling, who wins the Premier Stakes? Great race. Uh, last lead-up, like you mentioned, to the Everest. A little bit of – we'll touch on the speed first before we go into my opinion on the race. I think a Ferrick crosses with Cote. Remark lands in the 1-1 again, and I think – Alcohol free will be dug up by Marrera to maybe sit leaders back or even potentially take up the lead. Looked a little bit better in his trials. Um, but you look at this race, and I just think that, think about it, is different gravy to this lot. I know the price is the issue, and I think that's the only issue for the horse. But I think Joe Pryor's a great stable to get a guide off via his trials. And think about it, could not have trolled any better leading into this race. And you could probably hear the argument, oh, is he here to win? He's got the Everest in two weeks' time. I'd suggest he's got to be up to 95% or 90% to um, be winning the Everest two weeks out in this race. So I think he's up to the mark. He's the clear best horse in the race and he's got the best figures on paper. And on top of that, um, we probably haven't seen his ceiling. So I think, think about it, it's mighty hard to beat. The one that's valued, I think there's a little bit juice in the price of Bella Nipotina. I think it's a little bit of a myth that she needs a bog track to be good. Her peak rating on my data was a last start there, obviously in the shorts. So I think, um, she can handle the ground. Gate six gets a run of the race. And the 1,200 metres at Randwick with the rail and the trues, her perfect setup, Gano. So I think Bellini Patina is the bet at the price. I think think about it would be too hard to beat. Yeah, not a race that I'm overly keen to uh, bet up in at the moment. Gee, you just wait and see a few things unfold, especially in the mounting yard. I think think about it. It's clearly the best horse and it'll be the one that will be beat all of these home in the Everest. Will it be... Uh, completely screw down and get the job done here. Barrier two, Bark will be flashing late. Will it get the bob? You know, that, that's the question. Not sure. Hawaii 5-0 is the horse that has to win the race. So I'm going to be with it. Happy to be with it with Nashville Riller aboard here. I think it's improved. It's come back. They've done a great job with it. So I'm happy to have something on Hawaii 5-0. Very keen to see alcohol free. Some of its figures um, are good enough to blow these away. But, you know, where is it at? I don't know. Outside of those, I have no interest in anything else. I'd be very surprised if Marzu gets anywhere near them. And I think if Marzu doesn't, then we might be looking for another Everest replacement, G. Okay. So that's the storyline there, I think, for the race is alcohol-free. She won a July Cup. She had form behind one of the greatest of all time, especially in the modern era. Um, Bahid over in the UK, and that was over a mile. But before that, she was winning the July Cup at Wait for Age over 1,200. She had one start. She was off her head um, in that race in the autumn. She never settled, and she was beaten a long way from home. Usually you find after a preparation, these horses can settle in better. If she performs at her best, she might give this a shake, and then she goes to the Everest to represent, of course, Yulong, Mickey. What did you make of the Queen of the Turf? Like that one run, 1,600 metres. Oh, it's just a forget run. She, there was signs yeah. in the mounting yard. She never settled for Macca. She was on a different planet. Um, she just arrived. I don't think she had the, the greatest lead up, whether she travelled that well. So I think you just forget about that because she was f like, she's far better than, she's far better than that. So 
She's trialled nicely, I thought, Dino. Have you been happy with her trials? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Comparably to the autumn, her trials have looked much, much better. The latest one was a big tick. She showed really good improvement from the first trial. And I think the coat was the biggest thing in the autumn. She looked really woolly and the trial suggested she didn't acclimatise. So I think looking at a trial, she can only run well. How well? well? I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Let's have a look at the dulcified for the three-year-olds. Tom Kitten's nice and short, but he steps up to the 1600 and he's been sensational this prep. He's at 240. Cafe Millennium was an eye catcher there the other day, gets Blake Shin at seven fifty and heads back to Ramwick. Then Pushy at six dollars, Raff Attack at eleven, and then big prices for the rest. I don't know about you, Mickey Gannon, but I think there's too much difference between the prices of Cafe Millennium and Tom Kitten here. Yeah, you're a smart man, Jay. Completely agree with you. I think that um obviously there they go there's a bit of a difference in weight here. I'll just bringing that up but I think that's probably the reason why there's a difference in price. Cafe uh, Millennium gets blinkers on. Blake Shin gets to that 1,600 metres Ramwick, which we've talked about, suggesting that's where we need to see him. But I'm going to go against both of those. I think Cafe Millennium would be the other one. I think Tom Kitten's way too short. It'll be my lay of the weekend. I think Tannhauser's the horse G. Barrier 3 yep. will sit much closer this time around. It was way too far back. It was pretty good up the inside. You're now getting $12. That's an incredible price. I think this horse has upside. I think it's on the up and the up. And by a done deal, 1,600 meters is absolutely ideal. $12, please. Each way bet to nothing, G. There you go, Dino. Yeah, I think Tom Kitten is the best bet of the day. I love the setup here. I do concede the price is short now. I think you'll get better on race day for the reasons that Gano just mentioned. But I love this profile. Uh, a dominant win first up in the up-and-coming stakes when you probably shouldn't have won. That race is rated incredibly well. And Cap and Griff have both coming out of that race to win since. And then second up in the Ming Dynasty, he just got dragged back from the gate and was really good to the line. That's just a purely tick over run. And now he peaks up, he draws a gate, naturally in the saddle, lovely hot tempo up front, which I think he will lap up. And I can understand the price difference between the two, purely on the fact that Tom Kitten's got tactical speed where Cap and Millennium hasn't shown any tactical speed in his career. So, I do concede, though, he crossed the line their last start together, but I'd suggest that Tom Kitten's going to be in front by two to three legs in the run. I think that'll be the difference in the end. I think the big danger is 10,000. Gatto's found it back towards the inside. Really good first up. Sneaky run. J-Mac on. Chris Waller. I think that's the firmer. And I think Pushy's not without a hope. Okay. I've got a lot of time to that horse, but I think I think he might need 2,000 metres. But uh, best bet of the day for me, Tom Kitten. Love it. So, Mickey Gannon and... Um... D. Walton going head-to-head there with Tom Kitten. Lay of the day for Mickey. Bet of the day there for Dino. Airman at $5. We'll just quickly run through this last race. Kaboo at two fifty, And then you've got recommendation with the different form lines. Comes to Melbourne for Maren Eustace at five fifty. Dino. Your thoughts there quickly in that final event? And extremely yeah, lucky at 13. Don't forget about him. I knew you would have missed it. I think Kaboo's way too short. Stays at 1,200 metres. A lot more pressure here and railing the true... I think he's the lay of the day at that price. I'm super keen on Airman. Uh, second up, really good first up. 1,200 metres, uh, Ramwick Rail True Gunner. I think he's one of the better bets of the day, Airman. Yeah, extremely lucky. He was uh, touted as the Everest hope. Um, now going around a benchmark, 94. I think Airman's the best bet of the day. Ramwick, 1,200 metres is okay. absolutely ideal. That 1,100 metres Rose Hill wasn't its go. It's ready to go. And I'm very, very keen on it. Gee, before we go, we've missed the midway. Yeah, we're about to do your staking plan. So if you've got enough room and your staking plan for midway go ahead but this is a show that we 
try and cover the the feature races, and um, yeah, we don't want people <laughs> cover falling asleep previewing a midway. All right, so um, any chance like we're running out of time? You've wasted thirty seconds already on the midway. Um, let's start with you, Dino, with your staking plan. Yeah, keeping it simple this week, I'm going to have $100 on race five, number one, Tom Kitten, and $100 on race 10, number 18, Airman. Obviously, the, the gym crack's a good betting race, but I didn't have enough money to spend across there either. All right, then. Beautiful. What are you doing here, Mickey Gannon? We're going to kick off in the midway, G, with a great Celestial Fury over 1,800 metres. We're going to have 50 on it at $10. We're going to go race five. What number is that? Um, you got to... Race number and also number... My apologies, D. Race one, number seven, Celestial Fury. We'll have $50 on it at $10. Yep. We'll go race five, number three, Tannhauser, $50 on it at 12 And race 10, number 18, Airman, at $5. We'll have $100 on it. All right, then. So $100 on race 10, number 18, Airman, and... Ten House, of course, is in race number five in the Dulcify, and that is horse number three. So race five, number three, the staking plan there. So 50 on Celestial Fury, 50 on Ten House, and $100 a win there on Airman. Dino's with Tom Kitten, $100, race five, number one, and then race 10, number 18, Airman as well. It's happy birthday to Michael Hawks. He loves his show. Um, he turned 48 Oxy. the other day. He's got a beautiful wife in Claire. He's done extremely well there, and he's clearly the best-looking um, brother in that family, which wouldn't be hard, to be honest. But tell um, me yeah, happy birthday <laughs> to Michael. Let's take the news. It's 10.31. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Quick answers here, Dino and Mickey, with some questions coming through. Tom from Ascot. Hey, good on you, Tommy. Here is my four-leg all-up this weekend. Amelia's jewel into Imperatrice, into Scampi, into Tom Kitten. Absolute fill-up to start your Epson Day track side. Good on you, um, Tommy. What about the 2400, Mick, for just fine? Form at distance, not great overseas. A third from three goes. Surely comes into some doubt here. That's from Dallow. Yes, yeah, spot on. Uh, Dallow, was it? You're, yep. Yeah, you, you've taken a nice deep dive, but what we saw last start screamed 2,400 metres under the care of uh, Gay and Adrian. Do you give Spirit Ridge a chance? He's my horse in the Metrop at big odds. Similar form path to Durston last year, heading into the same race, and then hopefully a Caulfield Cup, Dino. Spirit Ridge? Yeah, very con- yeah, very consistent. A wide gate's the issue, but Regan Bale's in great form. I think in these 2,400 metre races, you can count all horses in. Good to see Gano finally get Perez's name right. He's been calling him Spies all week. That's a bit of... He's been inspired. Uh, Speaking right, of Perez, we'll have him on the Sydney set on Saturday, oh, so make beautiful. sure you're tuning in, punters. I will be tuning in for that. That should be great. Amelia's jewel. Um, she heads to the Turak, I reckon, and then to the Cox Plate there. So that's her campaign, I would imagine, after Friday night. We've got to take a break. 10.34, Mitchie Lewis ready to go. Friday night under lights, this is what he lives for. He'll be joining us next to join the weekend preview team on this Thursday. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the weekend preview and it's time to have a look at Mooney Valley for their big meeting on grand final leave in Melbourne. 
On a Friday night, the highlight there, you've got the Stutt Stakes, the Stock Stakes, the Moyer and the Scarborough. So the girls will take centre stage and the two queens of Australasian racing, the Queen of New Zealand and Paratrees, and I think she's the Queen of Australian racing and Amelia's Jewel. Both will be going around at the Valley. Mitchy Lewis joins myself, Gareth Hall, Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon for our weekend preview, and he's a Friday night specialist at the Valley. Hello to you, Mitch. Rail in the true, first of all, mate. Um, probably on a good surface. How do you think this track will play under lights for the first time this season? Morning, mate. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, last time we were in the true, uh, it was, you know, it's going to favour the leaders. It generally does. One thing that I tend to look to is in some of these night meetings, what you can find is the deeper you sort of get into the card, it brings the back markers in. I've got a weird little theory on it that sometimes it gets a little bit of dew on those inside lanes under the lights, but that's just me perhaps with a tinfoil hat on, I'm not sure, but I'm favouring leaders, that's for sure. All right, then let's get stuck into it. We'll start off with the group one, the Moya. Now, this is interesting because some of these horses are coming off that fastly run track record type of race there, which it was in the McEwen. And I think some of them are better over a bit more of a trip, like a Roth Fire and a and Parrot Trees, and they have to stay at the 1,000 here at the Valley. So you've got Roth Fire inside gate 750, Uncommon James, who's trialled nicely at 460. Then you've got a horse like Sue Style at 23. Um... Acromantral at 34, Imperatrice $1.75, and the mare is furrow with different form lines. If this was at Caulfield, I'd be nearly tipping her, but she just hasn't got the same form, I don't think. I don't think she loves the valley that much, Mitchie, but I think this smaller field might suit her come tomorrow night. So your thoughts on this year's Moya? Yeah, I've sort of had a score. I think she's only had the one run here at the valley, so I wouldn't pot her yet, but... I was keen to be with her if she was drawn closer to the rail. I'm a little bit concerned with horses like Zoo Style and Acromantula that just might put her under a little bit of pressure from that barrier six. But I think they're going to find Imperatrice really hard to beat. I just think she gets a good setup. There'll be plenty of speed, and I think she's got the about she's got the adaptability to be able to go forwards and sort of sit off that speed. I think I'm a little bit hard to take the price. I think someone like Rothfire and Asphora top four in a same race multi is probably a pretty nice bet. Um, I just think bad luck's going to beat Imperatrix, but she's probably too short to back, in my opinion. The more I look at this race, I'm keen to play for her each way here, Mickey Gannon. I think she's a 1,000-metre specialist. They've had those runs under their belt, Imperatrix, and a horse like Rothfire. I think they're probably... I reckon they might be looking for more ground come Friday night. I think she's a play for her. It's interesting, though. 1,100 back to 1,000, G. Have you got any query there? Sorry, mate. 1100 back to a thousand meters. Is there any no, I, don't, there? I, I think 1100, a thousand's her, her sweet spot. She, okay. I, 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 I think that's perfect for her to tell you the truth. Okay. So I, I sort of, yeah, I, I was, I had that sort of marked as a negative, but I'll take on, take that on board. I thought Uncommon James was a horse I was like really keen to, to, to play this spring. Uh, do they have Everest aspirations with this horse, G? I think everybody's got Everest aspirations, but I think mm. at the moment they might be just concentrating in Victoria. But if they do win on um, Friday night, I reckon they would think strongly if they can get a good deal to go to an Everest. I've got no doubt. I have a about strong that. feeling. Yeah, I have a strong feeling this horse will just jump out of the ground here. It's going to sit off a hot tempo. It's going to be there in the running line. You're getting around four dollars sixty. I think it just didn't quite come up to what we expected in the autumn, which just sort of suggests we might just get a really big spring campaign out of it. It's Damien Lane, barrier seven, sits up a hot speed, flies late. I think it can win this. I don't think it could go on to a, uh, an Everest slot. Okay. That's interesting. I, I guess that's what 
makes the Everest so great with the different narratives that can come out of a race, like a Moya there on Saturday. So I'm coming James and Chris Nelson pointed out, Dino, that he's trialed really nicely as well in preparation for his campaign this time around. Your thoughts on this year's race in the Moya? Yeah, I will stand there and clap if um, the trainer Walker can get Imperatrice to win second up, staying a 1,000 metres uh, at the Valley. I just think it's an awful setup. A horse that runs well fresh often has a flat run second up. Um, the thing to the, the reason to offset that or the way to offset that's the rising trip. Now, we're talking about Imperatrice, who's a mare who gets over 1,300, 1,400 metres. So I think staying at 1,000 metres is a massive concern. And then you look at the price. You got $4 last start. Now you have to take $1.80. I just think it's an awful setup. And I think you make a really good point in the regards to Sephora. Yes, uh, she's 1,100 metres back to 1,000, but she doesn't get 1,200 metres. That's her sweet spot, 11 and 1,000. The way it's going to be run, um, I think she gets a lovely draw here. And I think Sephora at the price has to be the better. I think she'll be the firmer. And I think if you like Imperatrice, she has to get out to $2 plus. And she's an autumn horse in a way, Sephora, because of the distance ranges where she can target more group ones. But I think Henry, when he looks at the program, he goes, well, I'm going to get, if I'm going to win a group one, I can still run a 1,200-meter race, like I've proven that in Ascot. But this is this is my grand final, Sephora. So um, I agree with Mitch. I just wish she drew a little lower, but I think she's a massive chance come Saturday. She might just be, she might just have the better turn of foot under the, the, the circumstances there come Friday night. So Mitch, you're with, um, as Fira and Imperatrice, but Imperatrice, your number one selection, Mickey Gannon, your selection. Yeah. Uncommon, uncommon James. James I think Imperatrice is clearly the best horse, but just yep. a little bit negative at a thousand second up. Dino. Yeah, exact same for me. Pedro is best horse in the race by a mile, but just an awful setup, and I'm keen to be with a score at the price. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll preview, of course, the mayor's race and looking forward to that because the best horse in the country will be going around in Amelia's Jewel. Where's Amelia's Jewel? Lane hasn't pushed the button yet, and she's running on. Life lessons at the clock tower took the front. Here's Amelia's Jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to Life Lessons, who fights. Amelia's Jewel, a neck, a half Life Lessons. Too good, too good. Amelia's Jewel, a length Life Lessons. And she goes around in the stock stakes, this wonderful mare from WA. I speak of Amelia's Jewel, and she is nice and short in this race at $1.40. She'll probably go back towards last there on Friday night. Um, but she is, well, nice and short, I think, anyway, at $1.40. I thought we might get $1.60, but we still might get that price. Steinem's at 34 Deny knowledge will make sure it's a truly run race, which I think will suit the, the WA mare at 13 Pride of Jenny at 11 Sione at $10 after winning the Leon McDonald. And then we go down to Papillion Club at $15, Mickey Gannon. Um, your thoughts here? Yeah, there's a fair chance they won't see which way she went. Assuming that trap play is nice and fair, G. She's just got so many links on these. Yeah. It's not funny. But uh, question for you, is it the Amelia Jew Amelia's Jewel Brisbane Lions double this weekend? Is that what we're, uh, we're yeah, thinking? Yeah, I think so. Maybe Camarena first goal scorer and probably Norm Smith as well. Um, he's a bull, isn't he, Camarena? But we'll get to that in just a moment. Dino? Look at his eyes just lit up. It's just, I'm worried. I think this is a great race, but I'm more worried about you, Gareth, if the Brisbane Lions and Amelia's Jewel get beat. Um, I'm very worried. I think she'll spank him here. I think it's one of the weaker group twos you'll find. I think as long as the track play fair, she'll win. Do you want to try him in a thirty? No, thank you, Mitchie. Yeah, I'm the same. I think she wins. I hope she does just to keep the narrative going into the Cox Plate. I'm going to, I'm in this race, I'm looking at someone like Probably Sione as a place bet at around 225, or even Party Princess 
at $5. Just from Barrier 3, Party Princess ran some really good numbers in Adelaide last year during the carnival and up to the 1,600 metre now. I think $5 for a place on her is overs. If they get beat, um, Dino, as my life coach said the other day with my ADHD, he said, Gareth, you made some mistakes over your life, but um, you're resilient. <laughs> So, <laughs> if they get beat, well, if they get like beat, we'll, we, will, we will be back on Monday. Don't worry about that because we love it. Now, race five at the Valley for the three-year-olds, which is the Stutt Stakes, the Stutt and Stock Stakes there at Moody Valley on a Friday night. Griff's at 3.40. Fist of Fury, he didn't get kicked the other day, but he was still scratched at Flemington, 6.50. Mojay Devitt at not Desert at $9. King of Fighters, yet to win, but geez, he's a talented galloper. Um, he's at four eighty. Her dad was impressive on Debu at six dollars, and then Autumn Angel at six fifty. Here, Dino. Yeah, I'm keen to play in this race. It's one of the better betting races on the day. I think Verdad is being completely underrated by the market. Dominant first up win at Geelong, uh, Bendigo. Sorry, the figures are stacked up. I think the map's the biggest thing. Showed tactical speed uh, on that debut victory, and was a drifter. So maybe it wasn't there to win, and maybe it's going to improve. I think it will. The son of Justify and a good mate of mine, Dylan Shirley, owns a share. So I think Verdad is one of the better bets on the Mooney Valley program, Mitchie. Yeah, I sort of had number 11, Autumn Angel, on top. Coming off a third here at the track last start, she was just slow to get away. And I sort of thought if she could jump more positive, she sort of travelled really nicely through the race and then was inclined to sort of pop at the end, which she did. But I thought she stuck on all right, considering if she gets away from barrier one, I think she'll be in a better spot. And if she travels like she did then, I think she can go pretty close here. But if she does miss the kick again from barrier one, it's probably all over pretty early. Mickey Gannon? I think Griff's better than all of these, G, but yeah. you just got to see how the track plays. So that's a real concern. Mojave Desert, going to be there or thereabouts. Talk to me. You know more about um, this stable and this um, the, the Southern racing than I would here. Damien Lane's on for um, Mick Price and Michael Kemp Jr. and Damien Oliver off. Is that an indication of anything? Or am I reading too much into it? Well, I just think that um, what weights that horse? No, I don't know. Maybe he's been replaced, Ollie, with D Lane. Um, he's okay. been riding a bit for him, yep. Damien Lane. So, yep. like yeah, so like I, Charmstone I think. Charmstone and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's the other horse I'd be happy to be with. So Griff and King of Fighters with Damien Lane on. Hungry, very hungry to get the job done there. I think $4.80 and $3.40. You can back them both for a result. And how about Dino just getting his uh, mention of his mate's horse? Yes. He's just one of Maiden at Bendigo. Please yeah, turn it up, we are know. running out of time. So um, enough the Cheerios. Skirt the law at $4. She's all the shenanigans <laughs> at five fifty. In Ambitions at $8. This is the Scarborough for the Phillies. Sicker Flick at $8. And then Osmar at $12. Zurion with the Kiwi form, unbeaten at the moment, this daughter of Sue Star at 12. Thoughts here, Mickey Gannon? I'm just happy to skirt the law going around a bend again, G. Yes, that's to, what Tony Golan said. Is that what he said? Yep. Perfect. Well, that's a double tick, ready to go. I think skirt the law is the bet. Um, complete forgive down the Flemington straight was really, really good behind uh, Charmstone. That form has been franked significantly. Skirt the law on top for me, G. Right then, Dino. Yeah, I think uh, a race that I don't really want to chime into, but I think the, the one at odds that the market's missed probably Cigar Flick. Freshen, back to 12, needs luck on the gate. But I think she has the right form bringing um, some form lots from Sydney, Mitchie. Yeah, uh, she's all shenanigans, I thought. It's probably going to get the gun run from barrier one. Just depends on how the track's playing. If that rail gets real hot, I think she'll be pretty hard to beat. Um, I thought Skirt the Law was a forgivable run down the straight, but it just concerned me a little bit that she just really sort of faded late in it. Well, she's all shenanigans. Last time she was over the 1,200, I thought she was pretty good. So third up today, 1,200 metres, barrier one. She'll go pretty close. Tony Gollan says she was just off her head there, which is unlike mm. her. 
um, skirt the law. So he says going back to the valley around the Ben, hopefully it's a better outcome. Staking player, Mitchy, quickly. Uh, I'm going to, they're all out of that. So I've got race one, number 11, Bugnish. I'm going to have $50. Yep. Race two, number three, Brave Mead, $100. And at race four, number one, Unflinching is going to have $50 as well. All right, then. So outside the features there for Mitchie Lewis. You boys having a bet there at Mooney Valley Friday night. Mickey and Dino, start with you, Mickey. Yeah, I've run out of money for the staking plan, but I will be having a, a bet personally. Race two, number four, Coincide. And I'm very happy to play race eight, number one, Skirt the Law. Dino? Yeah, I'm running out of money as well. But race five, number eight, Verdad. And in the feature, I think race uh, seven, number eight, Aspora can upset the favourite. Okay, then. So we'll put up our staking plans as well, plus the running tally. And, Mitchie, we've got to get yours. Um, Jacko, I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this competition now since we're going to put these staking plans on social media. <laughs> um, so at the moment, Mitchie and I will give these boys a head start. Mickey Gannon's on $1,659 in the positive and Dino's $404. So Tom Kitten and Airman, $100 a win for Dino this week. Mickey Gannon... Ten house of fifty dollars the win and airman um a hundred dollars the win and then celestial fury in the midway fifty dollars the win. We just heard Mitchie Lewis's staking plan. I'm going race ten number eighteen airman, race four number thirteen Altivo, both fifty dollars the win. I think Team Hawks can have a good day there at Randwick. As Fura forty dollars the win in the Moya, and then you can have a ten dollar all up all up as Fura. Amelia's Jewel, Airman and Altivo for $163 and then a $40 place all up, but you put Amelia's Jewel the win, you get $9 there. That's my staking plan. Won't be enough room. Yes, there will be. Um, <laughs> I reckon it's going to be a wonderful weekend of racing and sport. The the lines into the Broncos into Amelia's Jewel. What yes. A, um, that'll Love do us. It. There it is. Good I on you, that. Mickey. Good on you, Dino. Good luck with your Broncos, mate. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Gareth. And, Mitchie, you just keep on dominating Mount Gambier. Thanks, boys. Have a good weekend. I'll chat soon. That's the weekend preview. I'll be back tomorrow morning for Giddy Up from 9 o'clock. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for your company. Trot's Live for Toby McKinnon coming up next.